should start by saying it's, um, it's good to be with you again. I feel like a guest speaker this morning. I always love it when I get invited back to this church to speak. So as a guest speaker, I think the, the normal thing for a guest speaker is they always get a bit more time. So, <clears throat> a dream on, they say. So, <clears throat> just before, uh, before anything else, just in the worship, I had a sense that uh, right at the start of worship, I had a sense that there's someone here who has fear of something returning. And the, the, the sense I had with it was that it was a, 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 a physical thing, like a medical thing medical condition possibly. And I don't know if there's somebody here who's had a report recently that has cast fear into your life. But the words came very clearly, it is finished. It is finished. And Jesus reminded me that that's what he said on the cross. It is finished. And he wants to encourage you, whoever, and I'm not going to embarrass you by asking you to raise your hand, but whoever it is, and it may be more than one person, um, it even had a slight um, sense that it may be, uh, you know, a, a relationship thing that you thought was solved and it looks like it's not solved. In other words, it's coming back. The, the, the strong sense was the physical thing, but I'm not going to discount the other. But he would say to you this morning, it is finished. It is finished. So bless you with that. Um, let's pray. <clears throat> Father, thank you for your presence in this place this morning. Thank you that we can do nothing without you. But with you, all things are possible. So we, we love your presence because in your presence there's everything that we need. So keep coming, Holy Spirit. Keep speaking to us to bring the Father's heart to us this morning, to bring the Spirit's wisdom and to bring the grace, the enabling power of Jesus. And we pray it in his name. Amen. Well, I haven't been with you for a while, so I probably should start with something a little humorous. The Lone Ranger and Tonto had set up their tent for the night in the wilderness. And after they got set up, both men fell asleep. About an hour later, Tonto wakes the Lone Ranger and says, Kimosabi, look towards the sky, what you see. The Lone Ranger replied, I see millions of stars. Tonto says, what this mean to you, Kimosabi? The Lone Ranger ponders for a minute and says, astronomically speaking, it tells me there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Time-wise, it appears to be half past three in the morning. And meteorologically, it states that we're going to have a, a fine day tomorrow. What does it tell you, Tonto? You dumber than buffalo, Kimosabi. It means someone stole tent. Okay. 
So now I have your attention. Now, does God really guide us? That's not the message. That was his message. None of you were listening last week. That's interesting. Let me ask you this, changing gears altogether. Have, ever, have you, any of you ever had a computer or a device, an electronic device, that has broken down? Okay, I've got some friends this morning. Have you ever had that annoying blue screen that pops up only on Windows computers that says that your operating system is faulty and needs replacing? You know that frozen screen? And if you're a user of another product, you might get a little spinning colour wheel that just keeps spinning and spinning. Or your smartphone stopped being smart. <laughs> and the only way to fix it is to reset it. Even in preparing this message uh, some weeks ago now, my computer went into slow mode. For, just out of the blue, no pun intended, it went into slow mode and I had to reboot it to get on with my work and I saw that as a sign that I was on the right track. Have you ever had a, that, that message that comes up and says unresponsive program? And you have to reset it. Don't you hate that when you have to reset your device and you lose all your settings? You lose sometimes all and you're thinking, why didn't I back up? I know they told me to back up, why didn't I back up? Well, usually the manufacturer's recommendation is to reset it back to the factory default. Yes? Some of you are with me still. Hopefully I'll get the rest of you with me by the time I'm finished. So I've been pondering because I heard a little whisper a few weeks ago, and this is what I believe the Lord said, a new default. A new default. So the title of my message, if you'd taking notes this morning, is a new default. What's the default setting? Well, it's the automatic response, isn't it? It's the automatic response. So what's my automatic response? What's my default setting? You see, we are so influenced by our culture, our upbringing, our surroundings, our expectations, both internal and externally imposed on us, that we can just sometimes wonder, why did I respond like that? Just, just from living life in the 21st century. And there's been a few times in recent weeks when I've responded that I've thought to myself, why did I respond that way? It's been said that our actions flow from our Emotions which flow from our thoughts. But it goes further back to our beliefs. So when I respond or react in a certain way, I've really got to go back and look at what do I believe about this situation or what do I believe about this person with whom I've just had this conflict. See, it's not correct to say, oh, you make me so angry. Is it? We've got to go back and look at what do we believe about this situation. What's your default setting when life throws you a curveball? Is it fear or faith? Is it panic or praise? 
What is your default setting? Don't put up your hand. It's not a Bible study. But as a follower of Christ, what should our default settings be? So if you like, this message this morning is more of a, and I probably should have had a comfy chair, you know, with a big armchair. It's more of a fireside chat, a tune-up type message if you like. I heard this recently, we can take any problem and make it so large in our mind that we forget who Jesus is. What a wonderful name. What a powerful name. You have no rival. He has, as Catherine reminded us again, he has no equal. His is the name above every other name. We, we can forget who Jesus is, but no problem is big in the face of one who defeated everything on our behalf. Hallelujah. Psalm 27 verse 1 puts it this way. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So when conflict comes, do I... What's my default? Do I react or do I respond? Do I respond with grace and love? I don't want any answers from the front row. Even as we speak, I'm preparing two couples for marriage, which I count as a, a, a wonderful privilege. And it's interesting, having done this many times, it's interesting that every time I prepare another couple for marriage, I'm reminded of some of my default settings that need adjustment. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Not too sure that was the response I was looking for. But with any of our modern devices, getting back to the message, with any of our modern devices, of course, the best way to get the best out of them or have them functioning at maximum efficiency and performance is it not to use them according to the designer's specification. Now, I know some of you'd like to just rip the box open and plug it in and get going until something goes wrong. And then it's, when all else fails, read the instructions. <laughs> or ask your husband. <laughs> but you know, the same applies to our lives. How, how, how should we function most efficiently or effectively or in peak performance, but to go back to the manufacturer's instructions? And go back to the design specification. How do we obtain the best from our lives, both horizontally in relationship with one another and vertically in our relationship with God, except to refer to the owner's manual? This is the owner's manual. It's not a book of rules, of do's and don'ts. But if we follow it, we get to learn, if we don't already know, or if we need reminding and tweaking some of our default settings, don't say amen again, we go back to the owner's instruction manual 
to find out what is the best way to respond instead of react, to replace fear with faith. So we're going to have a look at the owner's manual this morning in just a few key areas. There's many, many, many we could look at, many default settings we could look at, but even though I'm going to stick to my time, we don't have time to go through the whole lot. A search of the scriptures clearly demonstrate what our default settings should be. So I'm going to look at a new default this morning. 1 Corinthians 13, let's look at love. Now don't switch off because it's a very familiar passage. And often things are so familiar, oh, we gloss over, you've heard that before, we gloss over it. So don't, don't zone out. But 1 Corinthians 13 starts with, if I speak with the, the tongues of men and angels and have not love, I may be able to prophesy. It's on the screen, but I'm going to paraphrase it. In other words, I may be really spiritual and be able to prophesy and speak in tongues and do all sorts of wonderfully spiritual things. But if I have not love, then the Bible says I am nothing. I can give you the best prophetic word, but if I don't have love, it's a waste of my voice. Yes? Verse 4 says, and here are our defaults this morning. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud or rude. It doesn't dishonour others. It's not self-seeking. Here's one. It's not easily angered. That's love. That's biblical love for you. It's not easily angered. Take a breath before you speak. Keeps no record of wrongs. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes and always perseveres. Therefore, the simple question to ask oneself this morning How is my default setting on the control panel of my life if I go to the love tab? How is my default setting set? Are they consistent with the owner's manual? Or have they got a little bit skewed because someone uploaded a patch that you didn't want? Or you've allowed a relationship to skew those default settings? when you've chosen not to love in a biblical way? Interesting question, isn't it? Not a complicated message this morning. Or do I need a factory reset when it comes to love? You know that little button? Control, alt, delete, whatever it is. Do I need a factory reset? Well, what's my default setting when it comes to my speech? We could look at many scriptures, but one that just came to me while I was preparing this is Ephesians 4.29. It says, let no unwholesome, or another translation, corrupt word come out of your mouth, but only that which is good for what? Building one another up. In other words, edifying, I think the, the translation says. So that what we may impart grace to the hearer. What a privilege the Lord has given us. Fancy that. Just imagine that for a moment. We can impart grace. What's grace? It's unmerited favour. It's a whole lot of things. God's riches at Christ's expense or it's in the, the enabling power of Jesus. So he's given us the privilege with our speech of giving grace to the hearer. What a privilege. What a privilege this morning. 
So again, let's ask the question, is my speech building another person up or is it tearing them down? Is it making them feel edified, not with flattery, but is it building them up? Heard uh, Nick Wojcik, you know, the man with no arms and no legs. He was on 60 Minutes, I think, last Sunday night. Wonderful, wonderful man. And, of course, one of his things is, well, if, if someone says you'll never make it, get a, get a second opinion. <laughs> if someone says you'll never be able to do anything, get a second opinion. Go to the owner's manual and see what he says. Is my speech building others up or tearing them down with my caustic remarks? Criticism or belittling words? I believe if we truly applied the factory default setting, as we read in Ephesians 4.29 there, to our lives, many of us would have a lot less to say. Just keep looking straight ahead. Perhaps it's time for a critical fast. Some of you will get that later today. How about honour? Well, what is my default? Romans 12.10 says, prefer one another, be devoted to one another in honour. Honour one another above yourselves. See, we're the ones who attach value to people, places and things, are we not? Yes? So am I raising another person's value with my speech, with my actions and with my thoughts? The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So am I raising others' value round and about me, those with whom I have contact, by honouring them with my thoughts, with my words and with my actions, or am I lowering their value with those three things? See, we choose how we respond, don't we? One of the greatest gifts, not the greatest gift, but one of the greatest gifts the Lord's given us is free will. Because we get to choose. What's our default setting when it comes to sickness? I heard it, heard it said recently, a friend of mine shared this with me. Go to the throne before you go to the phone. Go to the throne before you go to the phone. See, what's our... What's our What's our default position when sickness comes? And I know we're living in a fallen world. I understand that. But what's our default position? Is our default position to Google it and self-diagnose and speak? No, I'm serious. We're in the, the ministry of healing. And I could stand here for another two hours and tell you some of the things that people do to try and find healing and God is way at the end of the bus many times even in the body of Christ and Dr Google MB BS PhD FRACM doesn't have all the answers you can look up how old Mark Taylor is as I did last night when I saw him on the cricket I thought I wonder how old Tubby is he's 54 for those who wanted to know. <laughs> but, oh, I've got three spots on my hand. I better have a look and see what Professor Google says about that. Oh, no. <laughs> dirt. Yeah, it may just be dirt. 
Is our first response to pray, in other words, go to the throne? I'm not saying don't go to the doctor. Please don't misinterpret what I'm saying. But is our first response to pray and then seek medical advice, which of course is the common sense that he's put in here. Or do we go to every other mode or um, place that offers healing, including some new age practices, before we'll give God a go? Gone very quiet in here. It's interesting to note that it was only when the woman with the issue of blood said, I've got to get to Jesus today. The Bible says she'd spent all that she had, which may not have been very much, but I kind of think if it was 12 years worth, even in, their, in that day and age, it would have been a lot. The Bible says in another translation she'd spent all that she had. But this one day she said, I've got to get to Jesus. I've got to get to him today. Now it's fair to say that he may not have been in her village before, but she'd heard about this healer and it was only that day that she said, I've got to get to Jesus, that her miracle came. But he didn't give it to her. She stole it from him. Did she not? If I can just touch the hem of his garment. Here was an unclean woman who should not have even been in a public place. And she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll know I'll be healed. And she did and she was. The Bible says that Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. Yes? And he said what he heard the Father saying. John 5, 19. I can, I can do nothing of myself. I only do what I see the Father doing, etc. Yes? So how was that woman healed? How was the Syrophoenician woman healed? She was a Gentile. Well, I believe Jesus saw faith operating in that woman when she kept badgering him and saying, you know, even the dogs get the crumbs under the table. So did the father say to Jesus, heal the Syrophoenician woman? No, he responded to the faith that she demonstrated as she kept badgering him and saying, my daughter needs healing, you see. Where does faith come from? Heaven or hell? Not a, trick, not a trick question. He responded to the faith that that woman was demonstrating, which could have only come from the Father. So he saw what the Father was doing in a Gentile. Can you imagine that? Isn't that amazing? I could spend a whole lot more time on this one and perhaps if I ever get invited back again, I will. But at this point, before we move on to the next one, and we're still on time, don't worry. CHR, Capital Healing Rooms, is open four times a week where you can come with no appointment, no charge, no worries and receive your healing. Not because of Martin and Roz and the most amazing team of dedicated, committed people, but because Jesus wants to heal people. And that's a place where you can come and not be asked to join anything, sign anything, donate anything, do anything except receive. And we're not there to build a ministry. We're there to build the kingdom of God. A dozen churches represented on the team. 
But we've got a little ways to go because there's about 250 or 260 in this city. And our dream, our vision has always been to have that place open five days a week so that people don't have to think or get on the website and find out when we're open they can just show up any time. Because here it is, folks, there's no shortage of sick people in our town. There's no shortage of people who are emotionally, physically or spiritually sick. They, many of them just don't know that this resource is available. So tell your friends. Let's move on. There goes the commercial. Let's consider finance. A hush came over the crowd. What's our default setting? We could look at many scriptures in respect of finance. But again, I can only give you what the Lord gave me. So that's what you're going to get. Malachi 3, 8, 10. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, the Bible says. But you say, in what way have we robbed you, God? The answer comes back in tithes and offerings. Bring all the tithes. The ESV says the full tithe in the next verse. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. What's the storehouse? It's his church. Why? So that they may be food in my house. In other words, resources. And try me now in this. The only place I know of in Scripture where God says, put me to the test. Go on, give it your best shot. Put me to the test and see that I won't open the windows of heaven and, and, and pour out such a blessing that you can't even contain it. There'll be not enough room to receive it. The ESV says there will be no more need. Wouldn't you love to be in a place of no more need? Goes on to say, and I will rebuke the devourer on your behalf. We do a lot of rebuking of the devourer, but in this case, in the finance area, it's, it's his job to do it. And I reckon, I just reckon as a simple guy, that I'd much rather have him rebuking the devourer on my behalf when it comes to my finances than me trying to muster up some sort of spiritual strength and take on something that he was designed to do. Can anybody say amen? So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Hallelujah. I was reminded even in preparing this, we... we uh, <coughs> renovated a house not surprisingly in Sydney the last house we lived in in Sydney and we contracted a carpenter to come and do some work and he happened to just be uh, a young man in our church uh, a fine young man a very good carpenter and he came on the the set day on a Monday and he was downcast and uh, a bit like the king said to Nehemiah why are you so downcast you know I said to him you, you seem a bit down this morning he said oh work is just totally dried up I'm so grateful for this bit of work you've given me it's it's all but dried up I'm not even getting the opportunity to quote and it was in a time when the building industry was pretty buoyant and uh, I said uh, can you put that down to anything he said yeah I can we stopped tithing we stopped tithing he said we we worked out we couldn't afford to <laughs> we couldn't afford to tithe I said oh I I, I see so what are you going to do about that? And he said, well, we've worked out we can't afford not to. <laughs> so the conversation finished there. He did his day's work. 
I saw him a week later. His countenance was totally changed. He said, we repented this week as my wife and I repented of our foolishness and we've put things back in place with our finances. He said, I've got more quotes than I can poke a stick at. Just in a week. Another correct, incorrect, sorry, incorrect default setting in this area is being critical of another man's blessing or harvest. Take it from one who has personal experience in this area. So you can't criticise a man's harvest unless you've seen the seed that he's sown. Could give you many more similar stories. Tithing is not something we have to do, but it's a privilege he gives us. Then we don't have to, again, worry about rebuking the devourer. He does it for us. If we want God's results, we've just got to do it his way. Pretty simple, isn't it? Don't fall for the crock that it was part of the law and then doesn't apply now. It's a kingdom principle in place before the law, during the law and after the law. And I've observed that people who try to justify saying tithing is an Old Testament principle is done primarily to justify their lack of tithing. The silence is deafening, so while I'm on a roll, let me speak to the married ones this morning. Ephesians 5.33, how's your love and respect going? Husbands, love your wives as you love yourselves. Wives, respect your husbands. These aren't suggestions or, if you feel like it, statements. Notice they're unconditional. doesn't say husbands, love your wives if they're meeting all of your wants and cooking your favourite meal at least once a week doesn't say, and I'm not looking at anybody, at wives it doesn't say respect your husbands if they're perfectly behaved and even put the toilet seat down. (laughs) So are your thoughts, words and actions ones of love and respect? I'll leave it to each of you to assess your default setting in that regard this morning. But how about having a new default setting in this area, husbands and wives, this morning? Wouldn't that be good? Husbands, let me remind you of what 1 Peter 3, 7 says in relation to our wives. It says this, and this follows on, I think, from a little piece where it says, in your anger do not sin. And then just a few verses later it says, likewise, husbands, live your wives in an understanding way. Remember, with God all things are possible. We heard that a few weeks ago from Adam. Is anything too hard for God? Live with your wives in an understanding way. Showing honour to them as the weaker, if you like, more sensitive vessel. Since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. Why? So that your prayers may not be hindered. I've just got to tell you, in all honesty... Every time I feel my prayers are being hindered, take this in the grace that it's given. The first thing I check is, am I living with this lovely lady and honouring her as the weaker vessel? Am I living with her with understanding? Because if I'm not, even if it's all happening in here, then my prayers, the Bible says, are hindered. The word there, hindered, means to impede. It, it, It goes further. It actually means to cut off. In other words, impedes my progress. 
It, it cuts off my path, if you like. In other words, if I'm on a path to a destination, if I'm not doing, if I don't have a good default setting in this regard, my prayers are cut off. It's like there's a roadblock. It's like no through road. And who wants to take a very long detour when you can go straight through here with the correct default setting? Probably don't need to say any more on that, but the onus is on us men to live with our wives with understanding. He has only the best for us, I believe, with all my heart. Therefore, we conclude, conclude doing life his way to the owner's instructions brings out the best for us. Sometimes we find ourselves with an unresponsive application. What do I mean by that? Well, in other words, we feel stuck in a set of circumstances and things just don't seem to be changing. It can be relational, it can be financial, it can be physical, it could be emotional, it could be anything. It's just unresponsive. And sometimes the screen will say, do you want to shut down this program or wait for it to respond? Well, if you wait for it to respond, you may be there for months. You may never get anything done. So what do we have to do? It's times like this, I believe, we've got to go back to a factory reset. We've got to go back to the default settings as per the owner's manual. With God, again, all things are possible. And I've seen again and again in my life when I get back to the factory defaults, the design, designer's owner's manual in how I should respond or think, pray, behave, whatever it is, put your own little word in there, the seemingly unchangeable, intractable circumstances seem to gain a healthy perspective. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Then everything else will fall into place. Things of this earth take on their rightful perspective in the light of his glory and grace. And as a result of resetting some of these things in my life, in my, as of yesterday, 61 years on the planet, which brings me to the point of the 30th anniversary, <laughs> just occurred to me, we've been here nearly 20 years, would you believe? And 20 years ago, as I stood there and preached my first message, because I had a, I've got a photo of it, 20 years ago, I had hair. <laughs> and it was dark. Which begs the question, what does 20 years of ministry do to you? But we won't go to that. But getting the factory defaults, defaults reset, I can come to that quiet place of trust in his wonderful ability to work all things together for my good, Romans 8.28. So I'm not speaking to you this morning as one who has the control panel of his life all completely tweaked. With all my default settings absolutely done and dusted. I can't, I'm speaking to you this morning as one who has to constantly go back on some of those. Some of them I don't have to ever think about. Not because I'm a wonderful human being, but that issue is solved in my life. Issues of honesty and morality and faithfulness to my wife. I don't have to look at the default settings for those because they're a given. 
But how I respond or react when someone speaks to you in an unhealthy way, sometimes that just needs tweaking in my life. How about you? I've said to someone recently in the recent past, I don't know, you may have been there, you may not have been, I don't know. But forgiveness and patience are classes that we never graduate from. You know, when I went to university, I did uh, Physics 101 because it was a prerequisite for Physics 201, which was a prerequisite for Physics 301. And I could go on and on because all I did for the first two and a half years was physics and maths and goodness me, how much physics do you need to know to be an engineer? A lot. But you know, I, I did Patience 101 a long time ago because I lived in a home that was full of arguments and fights and I grew up and the word that would describe my childhood, if you wanted one word, it would be arguments. So I, I, I had to practice forgiveness a lot and I got to forgiveness 1602 and I thought I'd about time I'd get the diploma, you know, at least a diploma. You know, I wasn't after a degree or a master's, I just wanted the diploma. And then something else happened. Someone stole a whole lot of money from us and I had to do forgiveness 1702. And just when you think you've got that down... Something else happens. Come on, God, I'm 61. When do you graduate? When do I at least get a cert four? <laughs> and he says, 70 times seven. We get, and many of us have lived much longer than this, but the Bible says we get three score and ten years. That's 70. And there's seven days in a week. So I like to say, for our entire lives, we have to forgive each and every day. It's a subject you never graduate from. I'd love a master's or a PhD. Surely I've got enough experience. But you never graduate. You never get a certificate in that until you see Jesus face to face. Patience is another one. You never graduate there either. So I'm not speaking to you as one who has arrived but felt this is what the Lord would have me focus on this morning so we can have a tune-up. And we can get back to some design specifications, a new default if you like. Here's another one I'll throw in for free just before we finish. Develop an attitude of gratitude. Give thanks in all circumstances, not for, in all circumstances. We could look at some other defaults, prayer, personal devotion, holiness, trust, forgiveness, obedience, servanthood, humility, integrity and so on and so forth. But time simply doesn't permit so let's just choose, I want to lay down the challenge to you this morning, let's just choose to be people who examine our control panel, who have a look at our default settings and say, Holy Spirit, would you show me which defaults have been skewed through life circumstances, through whatever, and choose to have a new default this morning in accordance with the owner's manual. Amen. Would you like to stand? <laughs> I could demonstrate, but I won't, only in the, in the uh, interests of time. But I heard this illustration not so long ago. 
of uh, a preacher who got his keyboard player to play Jesus Loves Me all on the white notes. I could ask my uh, very dear friend to come and he'd do a much better job than me, but I won't this morning, my dear friend Wayne Kelly. And I asked, the preacher asked his keyboard player to play Jesus Loves Me on the white notes. And it sounded quite nice. But then he said, okay, now play it the way you would play it. And that included some of the black notes. What are the black notes? Well, they're the sharps and the flats. And that's what life is like. There's sharps and flats in life. It's not all white keys. But I would much rather listen to some sharps and flats than everything played on the white notes. So let me say to you this morning, do you need a reset? Are there default settings in your life in the areas which I've addressed that may just need to go back to the factory specification? Only you can, you can answer that. So as they say in church, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Holy Spirit, would you show us, each of us, what settings need just a, an adjustment this morning in the area of love, maybe in the area of personal purity, in the area of finance, whatever it is, would you show us that which we need to adjust so that we can be people who are infectiously contagious with your spirit and others would see what we have and say, I want what you've got for the glory of the name of Jesus. So as we go from this place this morning, I bless you with the Father's magnificent, unending, unconditional love. I bless you with the enabling power of Jesus, his mighty grace. And I bless you to know the Holy Spirit's presence more and more and more as you step foot into this week, into this month and into the rest of your life. Amen. If you want to come and reset some of your settings, then you can come and do that. The prayer team will be here. If you have another need for prayer, then they're, they're prayed up and ready to go to minister to you. If you want to come and just do business with God, that's fine. You can just come and maybe kneel or say, I'm, I'm just here to do business with God. But let me encourage you to keep an eye on those defaults in accordance with the owner's manual. God bless you.